Sometimes the fun begins when the paved road ends. Chevy Silverado 2500 HD is made to work hard and play hard on the road or off. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for details and experience life in HD. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everyone. And happy holidays. Stealing from one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's Chris Bowden, not Chris Kringle, your Blackhawks pre- and post-game host, joining you for a somewhat delayed Blackhawks Crazy podcast. But we figured, during, well, let's, let's just wait till the holiday break, even though we were considering doing one last week, because now we have a much more uh, full body of work to examine over the course of the last 10 days, two weeks, and a much more encouraging one as well. As always, joined by the... Writer, the NHL.com beat man, whose fingertips are bleeding after putting out another game story, and the Chelsea blogger, Scott King. Uh, how's your health? Are the fingers doing okay? I'm good. You know, my spirits were just raised. I didn't know you were so much of a Christmas guy. I appreciate it. Now, is uh, Christmas Story... Bah humbug. Is that your favorite movie, Christmas Story? Yeah, it's one of them. Elf, I'm a big Elf fan, yeah. too. Some of the more recent vintage ones, even though the, the classics are great. You know, the, the, some of the more recent ones are great. What about you? You know, I, I imagine you uh, with me that maybe Scrooge is in the top three. A great yeah. One of Bill Murray's. It's been a while since I saw that. It's one of, one of his best movies, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, Such a transformation. It's a great movie. We're here at the United Center in our post-game room across from the Blackhawks locker room with our leg lamp, too, by the way. Uh, as, as part of this, this is where all our light. Get that mistletoe out of here, will you? I'm trying to do a show. Yes, uh, it was fun watching the uh, mistletoe cam on the scoreboard tonight. There weren't any swings and misses on that one, but there was a swing and miss, unfortunately, by the Blackhawks in this final game before their holiday break. You were hoping they could take, you know, even more momentum with a fourth consecutive win. Instead, they fall six three to a Panthers team. Really impressed by them after playing on Saturday. Um, beating Detroit two to one to come in here and uh, for the most part carry the play through through most of sixty minutes and from a Blackhawks standpoint and we'll hear from Jeremy Colleton in a bit after this one a little bit disappointed that they weren't able to keep their foot on the gas after a season long three game win streak. Yeah, it's disappointing. You know, that was a real nice win streak they had. It looked like they were righting a lot of the wrongs that they had um, to worry about earlier in the season up till then. Now the question is, are they reverting back to the team they were before, or is this just, just one loss and, you know, winning streaks, no matter how long they are, are bound to end? And they ran into a Panthers team that had a lot of really young, fast guys who, who want to score and, and want to be known in this league. So do they run, run into the wrong team at the wrong time, or, or are they kind of getting back to their old ways a bit? And we were all expecting bracing for that. You know, it was the third straight game that the Blackhawks played one of the most powerful lines in hockey. Fared well against uh, Dallas with uh, with Sagan and Ben and Radulov. Fared very well in Colorado against the uh, McKinnon line with Ranthanen and Landeskog that leads every individual offensive category, it seems, those three members of that. And the Superdo-Barkov-Dadinov line, also coming in red hot. But they kept them to just one point. But my one of my points with Troy is they still had an influence on this game because especially after the first Connor Murphy goal to put the Blackhawks up one nothing. Every time when that line was out there, and especially the rest of the game, they may not have been on the score sheet, but they had a great influence on zone time, possession time. They were a handful despite what you see on the score sheet. And Florida's young guys... Um, 
if you can give me a, a history of Jace Howerluck, um, he scores the first two goals Rural for the yeah. yeah the Florida Panthers scores the first two goals for them, and they got depth scoring as well. So the Panthers have now won four or five as they try to get back in the race in the Eastern Conference. And yeah, just a little bit of disappointment from the Blackhawks standpoint, but. Yeah, hopefully it is just a speed bump here. And when a real struggling Minnesota team comes to the United Center on Thursday night, the Blackhawks can pick up where they left off. Yeah, so it's how you say his last name, Hallerruck? Hallerluck. 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 Okay, a lot easier than it looks. I Uh, think. I think you're right because I heard some people say it. No, I was in in the Panthers' room, um, and I eventually got to speak with him. He actually had to get stitches. I, I don't know if I saw what play that would be from, but um, so the Blackhawks beat him up after scoring two goals. Yeah, they did. They did. Actually, I don't know. I I, I heard Troy Murray dipped out early after the game. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, no, and and it was it was interesting. After we got done waiting for him, he's he's one of these kids that like is so stoic. Usually, I'm used to talking to a lot of these guys if they score their first NHL goal and they kind of go through how much it means to them, how they always dreamed about it. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I score goals. That's what I'm good at. No big deal. Yeah, I don't know. So it's a kid who thinks he's going to score a bunch. He scored two tonight. So uh, interesting to see that. And uh, I think it was Keith Yandel who right before that said that they were kind of talking to the team before the game and they were going to lean on a lot of these young guys to uh, carry them in this back-to-back. So they did that. They, they got a lot of uh, scoring and some great plays from the younger players to I, and I think that was the difference. And Jay Sauerluck, by the way, this was his fifth NHL game, and his uh, 23rd birthday comes up on New Year's Day when the Blackhawks will be front and center stage against the Boston Bruins. That's a story for our next podcast, I guess. Yes. Real quick, you mentioned Connor Murphy. I just wanted to say I was talking to Dietz right before the show. Uh, I think he's looked with Dietz. John Dietz of the Daily Herald. Oh, I think I've heard of him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice guy. Okay. Tries hard. Let, loves word the word for it. Loves the game. <laughs> No, and uh, I just Murphy has jumped out to me a lot since he since he first got back, and he's seems like he's uh, playing even harder after the two black eyes he just just received. So I, I guess kind of want to get your take as well. But th- that that goal he scored t- tonight, he jumped jumped up on a play, real nice kind of sneaky goal, good release, and kind of a a relief celebration after his first goal of the season. So I think he's, I think he's been noticeably good this year. Yeah, and and I think he's been better than he was at any point last year. And this is coming off of back surgery. So he comes up with a two-point night on Sunday, a goal and an assist. He has uh, five points in ten games so far. And I was talking with Troy about him after the game. It's in, in expanding upon the fact that he looks even better than he did at any time last year when it was an adjustment to the system coming over from Arizona. But he has been, uh, if not the best Blackhawks defenseman since he came back, at least among the top two or three. And Jeremy Calton's, yeah, even though there's no previous connection, they didn't have a training camp together. Jeremy Collins leaned on him and Carl Dahlstrom heavily uh, during this successful run in which they were 4-1-1 one, and one over the previous six games. Dahlstrom, a little bit of a struggle in the game on, on Sunday, but uh, Connor Murphy, real impressive. When we were talking to him after the morning skate today, and he said, which I think that Tyler Pitlick elbow looked dirty to me. I, I think there, there should be some supplemental discipline because nothing was called at the time. When you look at that replay, it looked like he really made an effort to put that left elbow back. Yeah, and then Connor kind of, hopefully I'm not finishing our thought, but Connor, Connor kind of took the high road and, and yeah. not mentioned that. But he said... That was with, like, I think a few seconds under three minutes to go in that game against Dallas. He went in the locker room, got 12 stitches, and it, after he got his stitches, there was a little more than a minute left in the game. He was ready to go. <laughs> he was 
was ready to go back in until the Blackhawks scored a couple of empty net goals and uh, take it easy. Uh, you know, you're off the rest of the night. But uh, that's Exhibit A of hockey player, and you know, all the more impressive in that he came back the very next night and was big in shutting down that high-powered line for Colorado and shutting down that high-powered power play as well with with the Hawks going 5 for 5 on the penalty kill. One more thing on him too, uh, see if you agree. I think he might be the best quote now in the Hawks locker room. Easily, easily. You think so? Cuz yeah. I he's always not not uh, not only is he uh willing to always talk, but he kind of tends to say the right thing at the right time. He'll he'll talk about anything if he's if he's having trouble, if something happened, he'll give you his honest opinion. And and it's always in a way that that's very positive. It's always a it's always a nice interaction with him. I think he's a great quote. Yeah, uh, Patrick Kane's always great to talk to. Cam Ward as well. I think yeah, we're, you have bunch, yeah, just keeps I think going. we're learning. Dylan Strom is yep. the, is the same way. Brendan Perlini, we had him on the post game show after Sunday's loss. Uh, he's always a good quote. Now it's in terms of getting his game going, so we can talk to him a little bit more. Want to expand a little bit more on the good things that have happened to the Blackhawks uh, during this recent stretch. Signs of encouragement, maybe a light at the end of the tunnel. But first and foremost, let's hear from the head coach, Jeremy Carlton, after that 6-3 loss to the Florida Panthers on Sunday. Uh, tinge of disappointment here heading into the holiday break. And as you hear uh, Tracy Myers ask the first question, ladies first, in the press conference, about those two goals in 31 seconds that turned a 2-2 a game in the second period into a 4-2 deficit and led the Blackhawks to chasing the game the rest of the night. The two goals in, in 31 seconds, was that kind of the moment where it's a bit of a deflating moment for these guys? Yeah, that was a tough stretch in the game for us. I don't think... Uh, we didn't feel like we were playing very well, but we were still in the game. And uh, then all of a sudden, it's an uphill battle. So... Um, yeah, that was a that was an important for the result for sure. Tough to go into the break on a loss when you have been playing well lately. You had to try to keep the bigger picture. Yeah, it's uh, you know we had the chance to go in on a real high and uh, a little bit of a missed opportunity tonight, but um, that's true. We played better and and uh, gotten some results for it. And the challenge is to leave this kind of effort where it belongs uh, behind us and pick up where we left off. So. Um, Certainly not happy with how we played and, and how it ended up, but uh, we got to use the days to rest mentally and physically and be ready to go when we come back. You mentioned resting mentally and physically. What do you chalk tonight up to? Uh, a little bit of both. I think um, you know we, we weren't skating as well as we have, and I think a lot of decisions were um, we could take different ones. A lot of pucks turned over. Both when we had a play to make and when we didn't, we you know just we weren't able to advance the puck, and that makes it difficult. We were, you know, they were really playing fast, and and when they when they won the puck back, they were going ahead with it quick and and trying to attack us before we were ready, and we just couldn't get up to speed in that way. So we were defending a lot, and guys are getting frustrated, and that's a tough way to play. Like the puck is, it seems like the puck has been finding to break it a lot over the last couple of games. What have you seen from him that's kind of the scoring has come? Yeah, he's um, he's got that knack to be in the right spot, and and he, you know, when he gets his chances, he puts the puck where it should be. Um, so it's positive for us. He continues to find a way to produce. Some of this hot streak that we're on, can you be after you made a few moves with Rockford? Do you think that's maybe send a message to guys and say, hey, maybe we need to start picking up a little bit? I don't 
I don't know if it's a message. Um, we're just trying to build the best team we can, and, and part of it is we just felt like there are guys in Rockford who could help us, and I think they've done a good job. Tonight's maybe not a perfect example, um, but for a stretch now, we've had some contributions from guys who have spent a significant amount of time there, and I think the the group looks better because of it. It's been a crazy seven weeks for you. Do you Are you going to be able to decompress and unplug these next three days, or are you still be hockey on the mind, do you think? I think that's the nature of the job, and you're always thinking about it, but as you said earlier, we have played better, and uh, we get a little... A little bit of uh, positive results and missed opportunity tonight, but it's just looking forward and, and what we can do to get back and, and get that momentum again. But, uh, yeah, well, enjoy the time with family. Did you feel the guys were off the game from the start or just around that second period stretch where they scored their goal? Uh, I thought after the goal against, the first goal against, we, we sagged a little bit. And I didn't mind our start. It wasn't perfect, but I thought we were starting to play in their end and create some things and and then uh after the goal we we weren't as good and it kind of carried over to the second period well here's hoping jeremy colleton does get a little bit of breather family time especially based on the way his his family situation kind of unfolded right before he was named the head coach here having a baby on thursday or friday having three games over that weekend and then the following tuesday being named blackhawks coach jeremy certainly deserves a breather and uh I think deserves a little bit of a pat on the back here for um, the way he has remained steady through what was no doubt uh, a very frustrating start to his NHL head coaching career, but having uh, a steady hand, uh, steady temperament, uh, at least to us, in kind of explaining what he was looking for from these guys as it took longer and longer to get what he was looking for, but over the course, you know, ever since the Blackhawks came home for that four-game homestand, starting with the victory over Pittsburgh, we're starting to see more and more encouraging signs, both from how they are doing defensively, not so hot on Sunday against the Florida Panthers. As we said, hopefully that's a blip. But also on special teams as well, where we're starting to see an improvement. And, and quite frankly, there's nowhere to go but up in both the power play and the penalty kill. Yeah, it's good. I mean, you had the winning streak, and, and not only are they scoring goals and playing well defensively, but your special teams are, are clicking and kind of firing out on all cylinders. You had uh, – I, 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 the number got away from me later in the game, but I think it was they killed uh, 10 straight yeah. penalties. Did that did that last throughout the game? I didn't go – it, it was broken. They had 10 in a row, then it was broken on oh, Hoffman's yeah. goal. Hoffman's, okay. Uh, yeah, but no, really, really good uh, on the kill and uh, on the power play. They've had, had a lot of power play goals lately as well. There, there, there's a whole lot of digging to still to still do from a statistical category, and those those two particular still in a hole a bit, kind of, yeah. yeah and uh, thirteen, twenty, and six here as they hit the break. Um, but they've also uh, part of this equation has been starting faster too. Uh, you know, they've outscored opponents now four to one. In the last three games in the first period, uh, over the last seven contests, they've outscored opponents 10 to 6. And that's a 182 because, uh, prior to the last seven games in the previous 11, they were outscored 28 to 6 in the first period by the opposition. And, um, uh, at least it's good to see them answering the bell a little bit more here. Uh, and the other encouraging sign is, uh, 
Alex Dabrinka told us before the season, after scoring a team-high 28 goals last year, the one thing he wanted to do was become more consistent. Well, there was about a 20-game stretch where I think he only bagged maybe three goals or so. But now uh, he's put in six over the last eight, tied for the team lead with Jonathan or with Patrick Kane at 17 goals apiece. Here they go again, neck and neck for bragging rights, one ahead of Jonathan Taves. But uh, the puck certainly certainly seems to be uh, finding the cat, uh, and, and it did again against the. Florida Cats on Sunday night. The Cats, the Cats, hot. He, uh, yeah, he's scoring uh, goal in three straight games, five points in his last three games. Um, it's all about turning twenty-one. Too. <clears throat> it is forever twenty-one. Um, if you can, if you can play like you're always twenty-one. Are you looking for them to sponsor the podcast? Now? Somebody, just please. Bed Bath and Beyond, anybody. Uh, no, he's been, he's been playing really well. He's uh, you know a great visual player. He's, he's got good speed, great hands, knows how to score, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up is Brandon Saad's continuing to play really well. But I think the, the conclusion we can draw is he creates chances every game, multiple chances every game. But now after, after going through a real hot stretch, he got to uh, seven, eight, nine goals. Nine is where he stands right now. He has two goals in the last 17. And I had to laugh because, uh, you know, uh, there, there are two or three chances he creates every game. Some of you on, on the penalty kill as well. And this morning at Morning Skate, Sunday morning, I think he took three shots in a row that hit the post. <laughs> it's just the way things are going for him right now. I mean, bless him because bless him because he, he's still generating opportunities, looking real good. But I think we can, we can kind of, at least for the time being, label him a streaky player. Just as we said, uh, you know, Alex Dabrinkit went through a down streak. Hopefully that's what Brandon Sada is going through right now, and he'll get hot again like Alex Dabrinkit. Yeah, I, th- I think even Dabrinkit, when he wasn't scoring, he, you know, maybe not as much as some guys, but he kind of disappeared a little bit. He wasn't as noticeable. Saad, the, any game you could, you could, take the prototypical photo of a Brandon Saad play and he's crashing the net and the puck is just bouncing over a stick. It's every, it's like a couple plays every game. I, I was talking about this with someone tonight in the press box. The, the effort is always there. He's always in the right place. He's got great speed. You're not going to move him off the puck. And he's just he's just not scoring. I'm, I'm glad he has. Uh, what you say? Nine. He has nine right now. Yeah. I'm glad he has that many. Hopefully he can he can build on that. But he's a guy who's he's been one of the most consistent players on the team. He's just not being rewarded for it. Yeah. And we were so happy for him once he got in that hot streak earlier in the season. And now you're wondering. You know, hopefully he comes back. He's not squeezing the stick too much. But the opportunities are there. Uh, he's not Victor Stahlberg 2.0. You know, Victor Stahlberg was notorious for having breakaways and then, uh, you know, hitting uh, double posts <laughs> on a single breakaway. Um, so uh, good on Brandon Saad, uh, but you know, hopefully those chances will continue and he'll finally be rewarded. So we've spoken about Saad. We've spoken about an even younger player in Alex Dabrinkit. Wanted to go, since the World Junior Championships are coming up this week, starting in Vancouver and Victoria, British Columbia on Wednesday, a couple of weeks span, we all know Henry Yoki Haru has been assigned to Team Finland, a long-term decision by the Blackhawks to maybe get him out of the NHL grind, give him an opportunity to star for his team under a huge spotlight. And that's one of the things we had a chance to talk about with the Blackhawks Vice President of Amateur Scouting, uh, Mark Kelly, the guy who drafted Henry Yoki, how are you? And a handful of other 
players who, uh, Blackhawks prospects, seven in all, who are going to be partaking in the World Junior Championships. If you didn't catch this interview on Friday's postgame show after the victory over Colorado, we're going to bring it to you again. This visit with uh, Mark Kelly talking about fans that uh, Blackhawk or, or players that Blackhawk fans should be keeping an eye on over the course of these two weeks. And uh, we went over each of them, but before we got too deep into it, I first asked Mark the importance of what this tournament does for all these young players being on this type of stage and how it could impact their development. For the players themselves, uh, it's very important because it's their goal. Right now, all these players, their goal for this year is to play on the World Juniors and hopefully get a gold medal. Uh, As far as us for the development, it gives us a chance to gauge where they are with their peers because it's basically in this tournament um, they're playing against their best peers. So it's really man against man. Let's start with uh, Henry, Yoki Haru, who, you know, I think he's proven he can handle the NHL at age 19 so far, but how can and how will the decision to loan him to Team Finland help him professionally long-term rather than staying in the NHL for these three weeks or so? Well, I think what he's going to have, he's going to get the opportunity uh, with Finland to play a lot of minutes. He'll play uh, power play. He'll play man down. Um, he'll be on their number one pair. Uh, and for Henry, it'll give him a chance uh, to get a lot of ice time, a lot of different situations, and to have some success. And you chose center Evan Barrett in the third round of the 17 draft here in Chicago. Uh, He's in his sophomore season at Penn State. He has been lighting it up, to say the least. 13 goals. That's second in the nation as we speak. 29 points is tied for first while he plays for Penn State. And in some of the recent warm-up games leading up to the tournament, he's been centering the top line. Uh, To what degree has this production uh, been a surprise at all, and how will his game be challenged here these next couple of weeks? Well, I, I... I, I think we're all a little bit surprised by the production. Um, I, I think what it is for a lot of the kids going into college, that one year to get acclimated, uh, to get used to the speed of the college game, the size of the opponent, the strength. And uh, obviously, you know, Evan worked very hard over the summer. Uh, in, you know, the, the World Juniors is going to be a great test for him because in that exhibition game, he, he did. He centered one of the top lines. It'll be interesting to see going forward if they put him on a skill line or if they play him down a little bit, maybe in a uh, checking role and maybe try to match him up against some of the other team's top lines. Evan Pine for Team USA. Uh, Adam Boquist, uh, the number 8 overall pick from this past June, uh, he gave Stan and the coaching staff a whole lot to think about in training camp, hanging in there until the last couple of cuts. Um, it seems like his season at London has been something to be excited about and, and to a certain degree of expectation. Uh, I, I would imagine uh, he will be largely right in the middle of things for Team Sweden. Yeah, he will be. Uh, we expect him to get a lot of special teams time, uh, especially on that power play. Sweden will have a very competitive team. Uh, they've got they've got some very good forwards up there, but they don't have high-end forwards. So I think Sweden is going to be dependent upon some offense coming, coming from the back end. And I think that's where Adam can help out. He got off to a great start at, uh, at London, and really um, he just the past three weeks there, he's just been a standout. 
It's great to hear. Let's turn now to Team Canada, the defending champ. And your second-round pick a year ago, Ian Mitchell of the University of Denver, he appears to be one of the players that Canada is also going to rely upon defensively. Uh, What can you share about his progress in his sophomore season over at Denver? Well, Ian, is a, he's just a very mature player. Uh, I, I expect him to have a big role in Canada, and I expect Ian's the type of player where I think as the tournament goes on, I think his role will increase. Um, he has just an incredible hockey IQ. Um, he's very competitive, and he excels in, the, you know, in that whole team environment. Now, Mackenzie Entwistle, he came over in the uh, the Hosa Hinestroza deal with Arizona and uh, has survived Canada's cut so far. Looks like he's a good bet to be in the mix into next week. Uh, word is, you know, working hard, using that size well in a, in a physical north-south style. Uh, what can the junior championships do for him? Well, I think, you know, what you said right there, you hit it on the head because I think for McKenzie, his role is he's going to have a uh, third-line role. I think he'll get quite a bit of uh, specialty uh, penalty kill opportunity. I think he'll get some uh, defensive assignments going against some of the team's top lines. And for McKenzie, it's a chance really to show, um, he, uh, you know, going forward, this is going to be McKenzie's game. He is going to be counted on to be a two-way forward that really can ride to the occasion and play against top lines. For the Czech Republic, uh, you've got the 2017 fifth-round pick defenseman Jacob Galvis, who, uh, from what I understand, is also going to be the captain of that squad. What can you share about his development so far? Well, he's really, he's uh, he'll be the Czech's top defenseman um, in the preliminary tournaments. Um, he has been the captain, and he has been a standout for them on defense. Um, he's another player. He's very puck-friendly, uh, has a very high IQ. And finally, I think the, the one remaining prospect that will be in the mix of the junior championships, um, your fourth-round pick from this year, uh, Philip Kurishev, playing for Switzerland. How has he progressed this year? Uh, Phillips had a great year. He um, uh, playing up in Quebec. He is leading the team in scoring. He's in the probably about the top, uh, maybe eight scores in the Quebec league. Um, he's got off to a great start with Switzerland. He had a couple points against Canada the other night. Um, this is a great opportunity for Phillips to go head to head against the top lines. Um, Switzerland is not as deep. Mm-hmm. is the other team. So they're going to have to count on a few players, Philip being one of them, to uh, really uh, rise above and lead the team. And let's uh, before I let you go, talk about one more um, prospect, uh, the, fir- uh, the other first-round pick from last June who didn't make the final cut for, for Team Canada. That was uh, Nicholas Bodin. But I understand uh, the defenseman is, himself is, is having a standout year. It's just a numbers game with all the talent that Canada has on the back end, I'm sure. Yeah, Canada has a, you know, they have a deep roster. They have a deep pole. Um, I was a bit surprised that, that Nick didn't make the team. He has. He's off to a uh, great start, having a great year up in Drummondville. Um, sometimes it's just, you know, they have to build the team, and they look at it a little bit differently, whether it's left shot, right shots, and what kind of roles. Um, we've gone through this before. We went through it with... Um, with Alex the Brinkett a couple of years ago, and uh, it worked out all right. Yeah. Both Alex and I. 
I'll say. Hey, hey, Mark, how do you split up your time? Because, you know, you've already done your work on the players you've already picked here, and you're obviously keeping a close eye on their development. But uh, how do you manage your time in terms of keeping an eye on the guys who are, you know, already under your roof, so to speak, and then scouting for, you know, the upcoming 2019 NHL draft? How do you divvy up your responsibilities and attention? Well, most of my attention right now is on the um, on the 2019 draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will go out to the World Juniors and I will watch. I'll watch our players, but I'll also I'll be keying on some of the top players available in the draft playing there. The Jack Hughes, the, the uh, Kapo Kako from Finland. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me to watch those players, it gives me an opportunity to measure them and how they measure up to the players that were taken last year, the top players. Our thanks to Mark Kelly for joining us uh, the other day, and, and glad we could bring that to you as uh, it's another thing to watch over the course of these next two weeks. And, and by the way, on the opening day, on the 20, Wednesday the 26th, Finland opens versus Sweden, so that means we will have Yoki Haru versus Adam Boquist. So uh, USA Team USA, by the way, opens against Slovakia on Wednesday. And talking about that Evan Barrett kid who went into that break, I believe uh, second in NCAA scoring for goals scored um, and tied for first in overall points. Really lightening up in his sophomore year at Penn State. You heard Mark Kelly talk about him, and I'm I'm anxious to see what what he can do because. You heard Mark say, I don't know if they were expecting this much from a third-round draft pick in 2017 when the draft was held here in Chicago, but it's been a pleasant surprise so far. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's a, he's a kid I always tend to, to look back on and, and focus on as far as prospects go because he was so happy he was crying during the draft. It was it was one of the coolest things I've seen covering. The kid could not have been any happier being drafted by the Blackhawks. He didn't care it was the third round. And I think the scouting report on him back then was a good two-way center, but I think it was a little slow, and, and his hands could be a little better. And look what he's doing now. Just in his sophomore year, it's almost like he turned into a completely different player. So I'm really happy to see that for him. He's obviously been working really hard, and you know, who knows what the future holds. Yeah, and the scouting reports you see on him, skating still remains the main question mark on him, but in the lead-up, to in some of the exhibitions or warm-ups, if you will, leading up to the World Championships, he was centering the top line, yeah. and it's going to be interesting to see how he can help, how he can handle what will no doubt be a very fast tournament, and, and how he can react to that. And who's centering the second line? Who is? Is it uh, Mr. Jack Hughes? Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, Jack Hughes is, is the guy everyone's projecting to be the number one overall pick, and the fact that you know this, this could be a philosophy where let's let's spread out the wealth a little bit. And you can determine whether one or two, but but it seems the wingers are the best guys who are surrounding Barrett. And let's see if let's see if he can go the whole tournament in that particular position. I think it means that he's better, and he's always going to be better than Jack Hughes. <laughs> what I was Done. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's let's put a bow on this. Our next podcast is going to come uh, at the Winter Classic. Are we doing that before or after the game? Um. I may have an NHL Network appearance, but... Uh, Excuse me! Driving in with Mr. John Dietz. But no, we, I, we probably do it before. Whatever works easier for you, because you're, I think you're broadcasting on the ice. Is that correct? Yeah, well, yeah. I'm supposed to be down at ice level, but just because our intermission interviews uh, will be there. We'll figure I'm, it out. I'm looking at that long-range forecast. Come on, Tommy yeah, Skilling. Uh, Keep me about 35, 40 degrees, okay? <laughs> you know, Mike Toomey, who does the uh, fan interviews now at the United Center yes. from WGN Morning, does a great Tom Skilling, the best you'll ever hear.
Yeah. Comedian. Well, I'm not going to take the forecast from Mike. Uh, hopefully by Wednesday or Thursday, I'll have some idea how many layers I'm going to have to do. Um, well, I'll probably have like a, an hour-long post-game or so. So if you're still around, if you're not, well, it depends. It's probably up to you. Who's driving? Uh, me. I, okay. I, yeah. Well, you can tell John just to hold on for a I while. I think, isn't it a, a certain number podcast? Is it a, is it a milestone? I don't know. You tell me. I think it's 100. I'm waiting a long time for this. And, and you, you were giving me a hard time, and it actually worked out perfectly. It's about a week until I was trying to have 100 at the Winter Classic. And we thought there might be a week off, which I thought would be okay with Christmas. Might miss a game uh, the 27th. But now it's about a week until the Winter Classic. And I get, I get my milestone my way. I hope you're happy. I'm very happy. Okay. Well, uh, and hopefully we'll be talking about a Blackhawks win against a Boston team that really has weathered the storm through tons of injuries. Patrice Bergeron comes back from missing 16 games and has a four-point game against the Nashville yeah. Predators on Saturday. Um, and, you know, we're already starting to see the road to the Winter Classic series, kind of some fun behind-the-scenes right. stuff. I just saw the first episode I saw. It was very good. Yeah, it's the only one. They're only doing three this year, so only one other in the lead-up and then the final Final one will include uh, the game. So, Merry Christmas, everyone, and uh, what are the plans here uh, with the family, whether people are listening before or after, uh, what you got going for uh, for uh, Mr. Kringle's, before and after Mr. Kringle's appearance at the King household? Well, uh, Burr Ridge, my parents, for a nice Christmas Eve, uh, kind of early, earlier, because I have a one-year-old son now, early dinner. Very nice dinner. Probably some steak. Some uh, some gifts with, with my. Hair. Already got the menu down. <laughs> I got it's uh it's better than than any press box meal we've had. And hey that, hey, that says a lot because okay. the press box meals are so good. But my, my dad like and my mom like to get a, a nice steak and some great food and and we have a nice time. And then we'll go to Orland Park and, and uh, do similar things on Christmas Day. Yeah, kind of in, in your neck of the woods. What I'll you, go. To, I'll go to your house for a while. You go to my house for a while. Are, are you going to house sit while we're gone? Uh, I'll have enough people there, so all right, we'll figure that out. So yes, uh, hosting on on Christmas, it's always uh, fun, but uh, afterwards it's cleanup time. So <laughs> it is. And and by the way, uh, heavy on the pasta tonight, I believe in the in the press box. I don't know if I saw any broccoli on your plate, but then yeah, but but then three large pieces of broccoli to offset. The pasta and what I tell you before the show. We're just trying to get in the Christmas color spirit. You know, have a little green. Yeah, you know, if you want to pat me on the back before this is over, fine. But I'm one of those people that I'm not doing a BS New Year's resolution. I've already started four days in a row on a treadmill, Mr. Bowden, and, and weights today. I've already started my New Year's resolution. The key is to start early, then you keep doing it. You're not one of those people that just shows up like a schmuck like everybody on New Year's Day or the, or the day after. Everyone Scott, knows what you're doing. Scott King's Keys to the Holiday. We'll have that sponsored in, a, in, our, in our next uh, next particular uh, podcast, I think. Um, so uh, I, I'm sure the, the kids, are, the kids are, are pretty ramped up about this, though. And did you, do you have to construct anything? Do you, oh, do you have to help... Do you have to help Santa construct anything into the wee hours of Christmas morning? No, I just I did that a little early as well yesterday. I'm just looking at my thumb to make sure the blister's gone from this this big dollhouse my wife got our daughter um, put it together. Pretty easy, a good manual and. Uh, 
pieces that fit well. It wasn't too hard, but uh, it's hard on my thumb. That's why that's why you were eating your second intermission interview with your fingers the whole time because you couldn't hold the floor, right? <laughs> I could, I could use it. And, and you're holding as I'm as I'm in a break during second intermission. You're holding up some square, which I couldn't tell from the distance, but it was a Rice Krispie cake. Yeah, I, I usually don't do treats or desserts or, or candy. In but the you've been working out, so you. So I, I thought I was entitled to one. And speaking of press box meals. I know you sent a spy last game. Would you care to tell anyone who that was? Well, Troy, I don't need Troy for the entire second intermission. So, um, you know, first and, and third segments, uh, I allow him to, to go out and uh, do what he does. Normally he stays with me. But I think you had such a gargantuan pile on your plate that he had, a, he had to go investigate and uh, peek over your shoulder. I would expect more from Troy. He's a man of high character. He was a great hockey player. He's a great, great broadcaster. I, you know, I, I expect more from him. But you know, if he's on your side now, too, I guess it is what it is. He's my enforcer. I think that's what it is. Uh, well, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. I hope uh, you and the fam have, have a great time. And uh, did you say you are coming to Thursday's game or no? You're be at Thursday's oh, okay. game, yeah. Okay. And, and Merry Christmas to you and yours. And, and Thursday, we'll continue to have kind of a, a Christmas vibe with the, the green uniformed Minnesota Wild and the red uniformed Chicago Blackhawks. And everybody will be about done with Christmas by by that point. Uh, follow along on the Blackhawks Crazy Facebook page at facebook.com slash blackhawkscrazy for everything Hawks, including Scott's Chelsea Blogger blog. And follow me and Scott on Twitter. I'm at at Bowden Tweets. And Scott is at Scott King Media. And again, Minnesota on Thursday, a return trip to Colorado on Saturday, an eight-day gap between visits to the Mile High City, and then... It's all about the Winter Classic come New Year's Day uh, at Notre Dame Stadium. It should be a uh, great scene out there. I'm uh, really anxious, looking forward to that uh, that particular event. And, uh, again, hope the Blackhawks have a couple more wins under their belt heading into that one. Many thanks, as always. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to our podcast, Santa, better known as Joe Romano. He sure is. Thank you, Joe. Ho, 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 Joe. Thanks very much for... Putting this thing together, even on Christmas Eve, as we send it in after uh, after this uh, Sunday night Blackhawks game against the Florida Panthers. Final words? Uh, be merry, everyone. I wasn't ready for that. No, but it was good. It was good. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Hope all of you uh, have a wonderful, happy, healthy Christmas heading into the new year. Let's make 2019 a great one. For Scott King, I'm Chris Bowden. Again, happy holidays, everyone, and we'll talk to you from the Winter Classic.